1: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. And, uh, we always like uh, once a week at least to get uh, stuck into uh, the greyhound r- racing industry and uh, meet one of their personalities. And today, uh, our personality is uh, Mr. Dave Byrne. And Dave is uh, a member of the uh, Greyhound Racing Club board from uh, an Auckland racing point of view. Uh, Dave, good morning to you. Good morning, you. Did you uh, partake in the awards night the other night? Did you travel?
0: No, 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 no. I'm a bit, a bit old to do that now, but uh, definitely interested in what went on, and good to see so many young people do so well.
1: Well, that is the the guts of it, isn't it? Uh, the, the youth of the industry. Uh, uh, you've been a stalwart of it, but uh, uh, there's no future without youth.
0: Uh, e- exactly, and I'm sort of in the mid seventies now, so I was born born into the Racing rugby and beer um, fraternity, and uh, enjoyed thoroughbred racing first, and, uh, and dabbled in that for a little while, and then got into the greyhounds uh, when I um, many years later, when the thoroughbreds just became too expensive for me.
1: Okay, so uh, that was one of the reasons you, you crossed over. Did you find the transition easy? Oh, it
0: actually happened by um, by chance. I. Uh, have a, had a dog and we were walking in a in a park early one morning i worked in the transport industry so i was there just on daylight and we were walking in the park and a guy was walking along he had three greyhounds on a lead and uh, a fourth one was uh off lead uh challenging having a game with him so every time he approached to catch it with the other three she would dance around and head off and uh so I said to him, look, my old guy here is as friendly as hell. I'll let him go and let's see if we can catch him. So I caught the little girl for him and brought it back to him. And he said, oh, she'll win tonight. And he uh, uh, gave me a name of Lovelock. So uh, certainly I went to the TAB that afternoon backed the dog. And he gave me a description of how the race would run. And it went right to plan. <laughs> and
1: I was hooked. My God, that is a hell of a story. Uh, and and he yeah. got a divvy you got a divvy yeah
0: i got a divvy yes yes he said to me this thing will lay back three or four on the rails It's drawn box three but don't worry it's a 548 meter race coming into the home straight the, the, the leaders will peel off and she'll come through and look it just happened like there was a jockey on board so i thought oh this is magic so uh i followed up and went off to manukau and watched a few meetings and uh and sort of
1: got involved from there Brilliant story. Absolutely love it, Uh, Dave. uh, And it got you deeply hooked because, of course, not only do you you like the industry, you administer the industry and have done for quite some time. Um, Listen, what are the biggest challenges from your point of view for Greyhound Racing?
0: Our challenge is really getting our story out. Um, There is so much misinformation about the sport uh, that... um, it's there's an agenda with people and yes they may be offended but it doesn't mean that they're right and uh, we try and right those wrongs by um especially at our club uh, we have an open day uh that we run which really for all the people who have retired greyhounds or people who are interested in having a greyhound and basically we bring them along and show them what their day job was and uh you know we go through the the kenneling and the vet checks um, and we walk them around, show them the starting boxes, explain the track and how the dogs gallop and how we have to have a track that will provide um, absorption when the paw goes in and traction when it comes out and, you know, all the ins and outs from there. And just um, and, uh, you know, and just so they go away with a little bit of knowledge there. And we have obviously a vet to, to talk to them. We have trainers to come along and talk to them and people enjoy it. It's about 90 minutes and it's a, it's a great day out.
1: Okay, so when is that, uh, Dave? How do we get involved?
0: When we get involved, we normally uh, wa- Waikato, Jenny Bartlett down in the Waikato started it. it at Auckland. We normally hold ours around once a year, around about March. Uh, although uh, we've been asked if we could do it more than that, and we're more than certain happy to do that. So uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's just it's just a way... You know, bringing the two sides, the retirement side and the racing side, together.
1: The, the other uh, thing that you put on as well is the Great Global Greyhound Walk. Tell us a wee bit about that. Well, the Great
0: Greyhound Global Walk started in the UK. Uh, our involvement in it as a club is just really to promote it. Uh, Gap, New Zealand, run it here. Um, the walk in Auckland is at Cornwall Park on Sunday at 10am. Uh, but there are walks ian from uh kerry kerry in the north uh invercargill in the south and i have to be a john grinnell and saying you know i've walked everywhere to try and give you all the destinations but anybody looking to to get to, to take a retired greyhound um look it's a perfect time to come along and walk and talk because not only do you adopt a hound you you know you adopt a, a retirement community and for me i've got a little girl here she'll be 10 year old tomorrow and uh I meet through her. I've met a group of friends. Some of them are even new friends over the last three or four years that are half my age. But we meet and we go walking together and we go to dog parks when they have a loft-reed run. run. And every now and then we head out to the wild west coast right on dawn to a desolate beach, (laughs) Maze and uh, they have a blast on the beach and think they're all youngsters again.
1: Sounds brilliant. Absolutely brilliant and very healthy as well. Uh, Dave Byrne, you've also... Um, really studied the breeding side of the industry. I know it's a massive focus uh, in the thoroughbred industry, um, the standard breeds as well. Not so much talked about it in the greyhound racing industry, but you believe there's a genuine science to it?
0: Oh, most certainly. Our problem is, Ian, we don't have the auction system that we have uh, in New Zealand that they have, you know, in in both of the codes. So, for me, you know, I love the theater of an auction, and I love a catalogue and uh the breeding that uh greyhound is the greyhound industry is just not big enough to hold those auctions that bring new people into the sport but um, there's a science to it, and um, the bloodlines the importance of bloodlines is important important and also you learn a lot um in terms of the crosses that work and uh the, the, these crosses when you take a sire in a dam or a sire line a dam line that works once it'll work uh, in many cases over and over again so it's fascinating and I've been lucky enough to form a friendship with a chap in Aussie called David Brass who's the absolute guru of greyhound breeding and I catch up with him and uh, it's yeah, they say with breeding, you know, racing's fascinating, interesting sport until you get stuck in a lift with a breeding buff like me.
1: Do we still um, do we still, Dave, import a lot of uh, dogs from the breeding point of view from overseas? Uh, our, the breeding,
0: the, the the importation levels have dropped partly because the state money in Australia has risen highly, and therefore. Uh, some of the country tracks in Australia that just two or three years ago were running for seven hundred dollars a race are now running for two and a half thousand dollars a race. So uh yes there's still the dogs that come here, most of them are a little bit of iffy chases in Australia where they run into a catching pen, whereas here they come on to a finish on lure and and they focus on their job and, and run a little and you know run truer. So that is why the majority of dogs cross the Tasman.
1: And uh, the, oh, of course, j- just to finish there's always the the age old argument you talk about the bad press or the the wrong side of the press that you get about the welfare of the dogs isn't there
0: It is, and look I can tell you I can tell you the trainers that I've been involved with the kennels I have been in, and I just welcome anybody to come along to a kennel or come along to a race meeting or come along to an open day and to form their own opinion um, because I would never harm a dog and I would never stand in front of anybody harming a dog because um, they are they're your heart and soul. And to the trainers, they're like family and they treat them like family. And I was lucky enough to have dogs for 15 years with the late Henny and Leo Laglan And mm. they, the dogs came first in every possible way. The dogs came first and just tremendous people and the most kind people you'd ever meet.
1: Well, the Manukau uh, Greyhounds are in operation this Sunday, folks. Uh, if you want to get along, the first race is at... Uh, two minutes past one and there are 12 races taking you through to uh, nine minutes past five so a wonderful afternoon of entertainment Uh, good chance to meet people find out more about the industry as well as those other opportunities that Dave Byrne has mentioned for us this morning. Dave uh, thank you very much for your time Uh, look forward to um, more from the greyhound racing industry as we continue our association with them here on SENZ. Thank you Dave all the best.